Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Gamma Roundtable. As always, you're joined by me, Moller, otherwise known as Faye, and... I'm here once again. And Crash here, per usual. And today we will be discussing the 1966 film Gamma vs. Barugan, which was directed by Shigeo Tanaka. And is the only time in the show of Gamera um, uh, era, I guess you would call it, where it wasn't directed by Noriaki Yuasa, the only movie not directed by him, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. So anyways, let's start this off. Wow, what would you guys rate Gamera vs. Barugan out of 10? Whoever wants to go first. Um, <laughs> You know, it's kind of hard for me. What did I rate Gamera? 5 out of 10? Yeah. Maybe 5.5 5 out of 10. <laughs> wow, Crash. Really hard. <laughs> It'll be elaborated on, I swear. Ton? Um, it gets a uh, 6 out of 10 for me. Wow, we're back to those days where I'm the one giving the highest rating again. I'm going to give this a, <laughs> a 7 out of 10. I agree it has flaws, but I don't think it bothers me as much as it bothers you guys, which is fair. I mm. think this is one of those movies where you'll either love it or just find it boring, personally. <laughs> but I, yeah. Oh, 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 no, go, go, I was going to say, I think there's something I'll be able, I think we'll talk about it more that I'll appreciate about this movie than, um, I guess, stuff coming ahead, I imagine, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. So, as always, let's start by saying, what do you guys think of Shigeo Tanaka's direction here? Though, before I, I open up, I will say there's actually something kind of funny here with this. Basically, after Gamera, the giant monster, was an unexpected success for Dae, Dae was like, okay, for our next one, we're going to make it really adult and mature. So they <laughs> replaced Noriaki Yuasa, which I think is kind of a dick move. And they were like, and they brought on the Shigeo Tanaka, who, like I said, was more known for his crime films than anything else. And oh, that backfired on them, box office wise, <laughs> as I told you guys. Yeah. Um, his direction is a lot more serious, a lot more, I guess you could say, Godzilla esque, like more yeah. character focused, mm-hmm. um, and a lot more serious too. And that's something I can definitely appreciate. The scope of this one feels a lot more professional. I guess obviously done by someone who's done movies before, like crime movies, but still, yeah, like more experience in filmmaking. And I think it shows here. This one feels a lot more competent than the original one, mm-hmm. and yeah, it looks looks more professional overall. So I'd say his direction was pretty pretty good. Son, yeah, I say overall, um, Shigeo Tanaka's uh, direction was really strong. This movie, um, mm-hmm. you can really feel kind of the more experience coming into play. He very much gives it a very different feel, you know, right off the bat. But I think uh, he very much did his research or whatever, because it feels a lot more like a Godzilla movie than a Gamera dude. Mm-hmm. The the giant monster, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, I feel like 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 Crash said and like you said, Ton. This one feels a lot more competent and like self assured to me. Like, to me, it looks a lot nicer. The shots are better. I will say part of it is probably because of the fact that this, this film has a bigger budget. But still, though, even, like, the human stuff, I feel like it's more dynamic. It's more interesting. At least shot-wise. We'll get into the pacing and stuff in a second. So, yeah. I guess, Crash, do you want to unload on your issues with the film before we get into the <laughs> Um, I feel like people would hate me for this. Are there big Gamera versus Burugan fans out there? I mean, yeah, I feel like this is probably one of the more well, well-liked Showa films. True. I, I always feel like I'm being mean. I swear, I don't like hate this movie. But for <laughs> me, this, this movie just felt really boring. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. The characters are absolutely stronger than the original one. But I think the pacing is just so slow. And there's just so much, like, dead space and like yeah. air in this movie that it really brings it down for me at least a lot it just feels really really boring along with that gamera is kind of like second fiddle in this movie it's more of a barugan movie honestly yeah and if this was a movie like about him like starring him i think that'd be better i guess being you know, like the potion and everything they make it seem like gamera's gonna fight this guy but really it's just about the humans trying to deal with barugan and then gamera yeah. shows up sometimes and gets see by the funny thing to me no I, I'll, I'll save it for the mantra stuff but like <laughs> in terms of the pacing 
I feel like the big issue that the movie runs runs into for me is I think the first hour, if, ironically, before the kaiju stuff really starts, is really compelling and interesting to me, like the crime element and then yeah. the adventure element when they go into the jungle try to find what they think is the opal. That stuff I think is really fun, but after Barugan shows up, it slows to a crawl because so much of it is spent trying to stop them with plans that keep failing. And so you kill, you cut them doing the plan, it fails. Cut back to them in like a base or whatever, talking it out. They try another one. Cut back, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's a lot of that's one thing with like the last one and this one too. To like they have a plan to like stop the monster, then it fails, and they're like, damn, back to the drawing board, and they just come up with another plan. It yeah. feels very like redundant. I don't know what the word is. Yeah, repetitive. They it kind of the same thing. to make a weird comparison. And this episode, and this episode, will actually, be finally dropping soon. Spoiler alert! <laughs> it kind of reminds me of an issue that I had with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, where the movie feels like too much of okay, we have to use this monster to stop this monster, but instead, it's we have to use this plan to stop the monster. Fails. Okay, new plan. Let's keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, but at least that movie was just fucking nuts and just really, really <laughs> like all the time travel and shit. Yeah, yeah. but like, yeah, here it's. I, I, and and I will say, unlike Gamma the Giant Monster, which I felt is a a lot shorter because only an hour and eighteen versus an hour forty, yeah. and a lot more fun to make fun of. That, that that's that's a part of it too. Like more stuff to riff on. Yeah, because this movie's this movie's very serious, which isn't a bad thing. That, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't dislike the serious tone. I, I like it a lot. Like I said, it feels more in line with the more like Godzilla movies. Mm-hmm. I'm not being like camera needs to be more like Godzilla. Like, I like it to have its own identity. But I think like taking itself seriously more and having a more like grounded cast, I think yeah. makes it a lot more aging. And that's stuff I like to see. But like that's really all is that this movie has going for it, I think. And it's not Yeah, I think it's so, funny. I feel like I'd like it more if there was no kaiju in it. It's the thing. <laughs> I I mean honestly yeah the 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 treasure story is pretty compelling at first and I mean, I'm sure they probably could have done something if there were no I mean, obviously it was made as a kaiju movie but it feels like the kaiju play like a second fiddle in a way like yeah. very separate besides the opal being the egg and it's yeah more and that, and the thing I like Barogun as a kaiju which we'll get into more it's just that he doesn't gel well, ironically, with the movie going on around him. It's kind of funny. But anyways, um, uh, Ton, do you have any thoughts on what me and Crash are saying? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, uh, I think it's kind of interesting when you kind of look at... And maybe this is a bit unfair, but I got, I, all I can really do is compare it to the show of Godzilla's. Is like mm-hmm. where Invasion of the Astro Monster really kind of captured that... Um, uh james no i'm sorry that alien invasion movie feeling and then mm-hmm. you have for godzilla versus ebero which really kind of worked in that james bond feel and really mixed it together mm-hmm. uh i feel like garen versus Barragon kind of has like kind of a similar issue to giant monster honestly where it's like it kind of feels like two movies show together like you have this kind of yeah dark yeah gritty um crime movie but then that kind of just disappears in the second half to focus on, you know, bar typical kaiju movie flair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think while it does do it a little better, that kind of ends up disrupting the pacing because it almost feels like towards the second half they had to like resolve yeah. the first part story. And then they're like, oh wait, but we still gotta have Gamma and Barbara have a big fight. So <laughs> Yeah, like like like, well, like, nothing gets you off. I think the most ridiculous part of it to me is like, I mean, I guess you can kind of say this with some other Godzilla films. Like, the ones come up to me, I guess you could say, like, King Ghidorah the Shared Monster, how the assassins are so dead set on killing the prince. But that to me still fits more. Like, for me, the big moment that's like, okay, they're trying to force these two movies together is when the main bad guy tries to steal the diamond. Oh, yeah. He, like, all this shit's going down. He's like, oh, wait, they have a diamond? What? And he just, like, shoves himself in there and fucking dies. It's so, <laughs> like, like, dude, you don't have any other priorities right now. Mm-hmm. It feels weird. Like, he got away with the first one, and I could believe that. Mm-hmm. But, like, him being like, oh, a diamond, too. It's so <laughs> kind of like, dude, <laughs> come on. Like, in like, for me, something about the way Ghidorah the Shared Monster blends the assassins going after the princess with the king of plot works better for me if that makes sense yeah same here same. 
I agree. I, I found myself kind of wondering at certain points, like, how the hell is Onodera going to just show up while they're doing this plot to fight Baragon? And literally, he just kind of magically appears, <laughs> sneaking past, like, <laughs> army soldiers, <laughs> killing two of them. I know, right? <laughs> he just, like, speedboats there and just makes it without getting cut. Mm-hmm. I know, it's hilarious. JSTF in this movie suck at their jobs. <laughs> yeah. It just really kind of stretched my suspension of disbelief. And, like, to me, finding out that they tried to make this more adult, well, it works in some regards. On other regards, it's like, then why is there so much silly stuff in this movie? <laughs> to a degree. Like, like for example, um, the fact that the JSDF randomly have all this super high-tech stuff is so funny to me. Like, they have, like, rain-making helicopters and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> where did this come from? I know they had the convenient... Um, a space shuttle to Mars, but like, mm-hmm. it's even very have, amusing. They even had like that whole like military rocket base to shoot Argon with them. Like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that violates some treaties. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's a good lead in to talk about specifics. Do we want to talk about the monsters first or the humans first? I think we can do the humans first. Okay, well, because we're sort of talking about him. I guess we can start with the main villain, who is Onodera. I think he's I think he's a really fun villain at first, but I think he overstays his welcome, if that makes sense. Yeah, because like it's kind of like you're saying, like one to go to the kaiju stuff. He just kind of like takes a back seat for the most part, and isn't really like. I feel he just kind of becomes irrelevant. I feel for the most part, while the yeah. characters are kind of trying to find him, I guess. But it's really not as important until he just shows up again at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when he does start off, though, I think he's interesting. You know, he's got the shades. He's all, like, <laughs> sus- suspicious but, like, cool or whatever. And so they're working together and stuff. And the way he portrays them, you're like, yeah, like, I hate this guy. But in a good way. So <laughs> I think he starts off very interesting. See, but... like, to me, I would have just had him die with the, with the main character's brother. In the fire or in um, uh, the in, when they're fighting? Oh yeah, I would have just had them either like both get trapped under there and then killed by Barugan, or I would just had them do like what happened in Mantra versus Godzilla. Remember the two businessmen when they like? Oh yeah, each other? yeah, they're yeah. fighting. It's pretty bloody there. I remember. Yeah, that that could have been pretty good. I think. I think they just have him last too long, and he doesn't really end up adding anything. I guess. That's the thing, yeah. Because his presence in the final battle is it's just to kill him off, really. Yeah. Because he shows up, gets a diamond, and then dies. And they're uh, like, oh, damn, now we're doomed. Yeah. Damn. I'm <laughs> like, time, to go make, time to go make another plan, which also fails. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he's just an asshole. Was... <laughs> what do you have, Tongue? What did you yeah. think? Yeah, I, I'd agree. It's like he started with that really strong introduction where he's seen betraying the others. Mm-hmm. And. He's even heavily involved with Barugan's intro and how he yeah. comes to attack, but then he just kind of disappears. And um, like like you said, I liked how it kind of left off with him maybe like dying with her um, Harada's brother, but then yeah. that lady just shows up and frees him, and it's just like why? <laughs> Which is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, speaking of, I guess we can talk about the main character of the movie, who was played by Kojiro Hongo as Keisuke Harada. Funny story here, when I was reading on, on the behind-the-scenes stuff, to know, so I don't say anything wrong, mm-hmm. um, the funny thing is, he didn't want to do the movie at first, because he could because <laughs> because he didn't want to be typecast as like a giant monster movie actor, but then he found out that it was being done by um, uh, Shigeo Tanaka, and he was like, okay, I'll do it. This should not be, like, Stupid shit. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. That's pretty he's, funny. He's pretty good. I like how his lesson here is to not be greedy, I guess. And to his arc is a little weird to me. I'm not gonna lie. Not a lot, but a little weird. I like how they flesh him out, admittedly. But I feel like he's also a little bit generic, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean he's he's kind of you know the kaiju hero of like, damn. I'm just trying to like make it in this world of monsters. Yeah, and you know, dealing with his own problems, I guess, while also yeah. kind of being involved with the monsters in a way, mm-hmm. like trying to help out. I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he's better than Toshio. So, like, 
like, can you, can you, like, any of the main cast in the original, can you remember? So, like, yeah, while he's pretty boring, I would definitely say it's a step up. Yeah. So at the very least, even if he's kind of generic. And he, had, and he has some good scenes. Like, I like his talks with Karen, who we'll get into in a second. I also yeah. like the bit where one, where when one of their, um, uh, Comrade Jacinthon dies and he's sad about it. That's the most yeah. I've ever seen a kaiju character react to somebody dying, I think. Definitely. I'm hip, yeah. In one of these it's movies. nice to see that. Like, this guy's actually disturbed by the fact that this dude just fucking dropped it in front of him from a scorpion sting. I know. He's pretty, like, torn up about it. It was yeah. pretty good. And he sells it very well. Yeah. So, I'll give him props for that. Ton? Yeah, I, I think um, Hirata is um kind of kind of flat as a character like definitely not bad like way better than toshio but um, <laughs> uh i think the, the kind of issues a lot of his plot kind of focuses on kind of being a redemption arc or yeah um his crimes of um helping steal the opal yeah. but the thing i guess the kind of challenge is he never really starts off as all that bad that yeah, right. that is true. Because like the only reason he went to take the opals because his brother found it, and he was even prepared to like not take it when he heard the warnings about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, he does have some nice scenes with Karen and um, uh, here, here Ko- Kojiro Hongo does a really good job acting, so he keeps you invested. So yeah. All right, I guess we'll move to the female lead with the funniest name, Kyoko Inami as Karen. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think I'll use her to get into a segment I, I can't believe we've had to do for Gamera, but I guess we have, have to bring, bring back it back. Iconic. The racism <laughs> scale, and Anton, as, as we've kind of assigned to you, I'll let you get into it. <laughs> so, we gotta dust this thing off after Kong. Um, <laughs> we really hit a doozy with Gamera versus Baragon. We're at a probably a level Category five race. <laughs> <Damn>. uh, <laughs> uh, so for context, um in the beginning of the movie, they go to the island of New Guinea um mm-hmm. to find the opal that um Harata's brother or World War II veteran found during the war in Hanukkah. And mm-hmm. while they're in New Guinea, they run into the natives. Now the natives of New Guinea in real life are the Papuan people. Um the, mm-hmm. And Papuans are uh, Melanesians who are, um, I hope I pronounced that right, who are basically dark-skinned Asian people who, yeah. for lack of a better term, kind of look like black people. So yeah. naturally, this movie casts a bunch of Japanese actors and put them in blackface. Besides for Karen. <laughs> Besides Karen. Karen. The, yeah, the, the, the character who becomes a main character. She's <laughs> the only one who looks entirely Japanese. I wonder if she was like, no, I don't want to put the paint on because I'm the main <laughs> character. Honestly, because it's it kind of stands out. It's like trying to choose like who's the main character in the anime. Like you look at their hair. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, really that, what that it is. It's so the weird. only one who's not covered in like, and like I'm not gonna say like Toho stuff was great with it all the time, but it was never as noticeably bad as this. Yeah, because like, like go ahead. Oh, yeah, because Toho usually choose like fictional islands and mm-hmm. while the actors look tan you could at least kind of interpret them as like you know well, like just tribal asian people yeah like yeah. like undeterminate like just tribal people i guess Which, yeah obviously yeah. you know blackface isn't like excusable but it's it's better than i guess than trying to represent a real population in just like a disrespectful way yeah like, definitely. Yeah. and so they're all pretty, yeah. oh. And they're all portrayed as really simple besides for the one that can speak Japanese. Yeah. Who's named Karen, too? Yeah. Which is pretty funny. <laughs> the, yeah. very, the very popular name of Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just very kind of weird. And Not her Japanese great. adoptive father, in a sense? Yeah. It's very odd to me. Kinda. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Crash. And, like, I will say, at least Karen's kind of shown respect to a degree. And, like, they end up being right. It's just still... They come off, off like, kind of noble savagey, in a sense. Yeah. 
Definitely. Yeah. It's very it's very kind of old pulp adventure tropes. And they're also all barely wearing anything as typical. But yeah. <laughs> basically, gamers had two movies in a row where we've had to burst out the racism scale. Which is <laughs> kind of funny. But yeah, Karen's alright. I feel like she's not an interesting female lead because all she does is like follow around um uh, like this her, her like the only reason she's there is kind of be like hey you dumbass that old Paul you <laughs> stole from my culture that's a fucking that's a fucking dinosaur monster man like <laughs> I feel like besides that she's just kind of tags along for the adventure yeah like she's basically just an exposition machine more than a character yeah yeah definitely Karen's kind of like she's not the worst female character, but definitely there's been better, especially in the show era. For... Yeah. And then the other characters, really, if anyone has any wants to say any thoughts, because besides those three, just have their um a comrade who died, who I actually think is probably one of the most enjoyable characters. It's a shame he died so quickly, but and makes I, sense yeah. for the yeah, role. Personality. And this and yeah. and the brother is pretty fun too, but he also doesn't get much. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, just shout out to the brothers' amazing acting during that fight scene. David <laughs> 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 Ono Dare just freaking brawl while he has yeah. a cane. That was, that was a great fight scene. <laughs> it, it, it's so fucking bro when Ono Dare beats this shit out of his wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so fucking whack. Picture across <laughs> the rules so bad. I was yeah. Like, oh, he fucking knocks her out, mm-hmm. which is nuts. But yeah, besides that, I feel like the cast—it's not the worst, especially compared to Gamma, the giant monster. Oh, and I—I'll I, I, give them props that they tried to flesh them out, but I wouldn't call them among the best of the show era, like including yeah. everything of them makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, definitely not. Just passable, serviceable. Mm-hmm. And I guess that brings us to, to the monster stuff before we get into some other things. And I have to say, uh, Gamera's barely in this movie. <laughs> yeah. This, this should be Barugan versus Gamera, honestly. Is that how you say his name? Barugan? Barugan is how I say it. It's not Barugan, it's Barugan. Yeah, which we'll get to in a second. Because, yeah, like he. Gamera has like no presence in this movie, honestly. Yeah, because like it's okay. The movie starts off hilarious. I was like, "How's he gonna get out of this?" Oh yeah. <laughs> What's your ass? You're like, oh, "Wow, I'm so curious how he's gonna get out of this one." Is he gonna be in space? <laughs> he's fucking hit like an asteroid. Just fucking blows up, and he's just <laughs> free. And he flies like, back to Earth. Well, maybe he chooses to come back to Earth, and that's why I was like, <laughs> "Damn!" I'm bringing back like the asshole, like Mito's like, "Damn, what an asshole!" He came back just to fuck up Earth again. After they banished him, which I mean, to be fair, they did banish him, but I don't think that is a cause for destroying civilization. But and um, the, and like the funniest thing to me is in this movie, he feels like just like a nuisance, like he's not like a threat even before battle. First thing he does is he does immediately um take another this, world tour. He yeah, again <laughs> checks out the sites. Like I was like at this point, he's like I think he just wants to like get a feel for the cultures, you know, check him out because <laughs> like he does that. Doesn't seem to be destroying anything in those pictures. It looks like he's just chilling. Yeah. And then that's when um, I forget he does do an assault. I think right. No. Oh yeah, yeah. In his first scene of three, he show oh, yeah. he go he come back to Earth and he destroys a dam for no real reason and just an asshole out. Yeah. <laughs> and then leaves. Yeah. And then next time we see him is when Barugan hatches. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he first shows up and he uses his rainbow. And the rainbow attracts Gamera because Gamera eats heat or whatever. <laughs> and then they fight and then he gets his ass kicked. And then he's just yeah. out. Barugan fucking freezes him. I'm heavy. <laughs> which, which, by the way, I think we know what happened to Toshio. Toshio saw it on TV and so immediately jumped. Him, so. <laughs> yeah, he just jumped. He was my, done with life. There goes my hero. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny. The fight scene's pretty funny, I think. Because are we talking about monsters now? Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, that shows what how complex the humans are. But um, yeah, Barugan is. Uh, oh wait, can I talk about both of them? I guess. Doesn't I really... mean, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll get into myself to Barugan in a bit. But, okay, yeah. but so it's not like Gamera's in this movie that much. Just because so. I say Gamera, there's not too much. He has the same exact power set as before. Yeah, same, um, same suit too. They keep the same suit for Gamera. Yeah, so, so pretty identical. Movies. I mean, everything I said for the last episode applies in like my general feeling towards him. He's pretty cool. Yeah, but um. 
Yeah, he gets pretty bad in this movie because Barugan, which is pretty hilarious as a monster, he I don't know what he's supposed to be. He's just kind of like he's like a he's 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 like a lizard monster. They say yeah, like lizard lizard creature kaiju. His he, powers. It, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say his powers are really funny. Like they're the last thing I would have expected from him. Like he has like a fucking a rainbow he can emit. Yeah. Um, he's got freezing breath from his tongue. Yeah. Like he fucking okay, his tongue is the wackest thing ever. I love it. Just sticks out and sprays like from his tongue. It's so gross. And he uses that to freeze stuff. But the way his tongue comes out is so funny. It just like someone's like pushing a stick through it. And the tongue just it's so weird looking. But yeah, Barugan is an interesting monster, I guess. His power is really unique and I think that's what makes him stand out. Mm-hmm. And I mean he has a big presence in this movie. He's in this movie yeah. more than Gamera is and he's way more like yeah. this is a, this is a Barugan movie with a cameo from Gamera, because yeah, <laughs> honestly, because Gamera so, gets oh sorry, so Gamera gets destroyed pretty early on, and then yeah. just Barugan terrorizing the town. Though though Baru though Gamera does get some good hits on Barugan. Like I really do like the bit in in their first fight where where Barugan thinks that Gamera's frozen and done for. Then Gamera just fucking like jabs <laughs> a finger in his face and ah, blood yeah, the blue pours blood. out. Yeah, yeah, that scene was great. It was so brutal. <laughs> yeah, you're starting to see that Gamma movies are a lot more bloody than the Godzilla ones tended to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no um, mandate from Yuji Superai. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. You're right because that was Superai's mandate, which they kept until he passed away, which is funny. But yeah, um, but Barugan, I actually really like him as a monster. I really like his concept. His power set is wild, like you said, but it kind of makes him fun to me. I yeah, just say he's mm-hmm. he's fun. I, I just uh, wish the movie integrated him better. Definitely, because he's very, mm-hmm. like you said, he just. I wish they did more with him because he just kind of terrorized it. They tried to like stop him and fail. yeah, they're like, well, back to the drawing board. And he only gets to destroy one city, basically. <laughs> Why couldn't he destroy two cities? <laughs> Come on, he's a kaiju. He's got to destroy them. I mean, I guess he kind of destroyed two, but they don't show a bunch of Kobe get distributed besides the port. I feel like. Yeah. At least Osaka, they show get frozen to shit, which is really funny. But yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ton, do you have any thoughts on, on Gamma or Barugan? You want to share? Yeah. Um, like you said, there's not much to say about Gamma. He's barely in this movie. He does get <laughs> some really good moments, I think, like the claw attack. And I will say his suit looks really nice in color. We only saw him in black and white before. So seeing it in color, it looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. Barugan. Barugan is probably the standout in this. Um, I actually really like the design. It's kind of like a weird mix of like, you know, like a iguana and then like a bunch of other different lizards. Mm-hmm. Just kind of looks like a cool retro dinosaur. Yeah, and I really love his wild powers, like the ice breath and the rainbow bag. It's like it's so weird. But it makes mm-hmm. him so unique. So he's just super charming. Too much into future uh, Gamera stuff. Uh, Barugan is probably the one uh, show a Gamera monster I would want to come back the most because he seems like a really cool kite you could reinvent into in modern day times. Yeah, um, uh, he's actually the one I want to see come back the most too because he hasn't come back. Spoilers crashed there. But... <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of sad. Because I mean, I guess I'm like I I I wish his design was a little more interesting to me, but mm. I think his power set makes up for a lot of that. Because he's just yeah. weird. His tongue, his tongue spinning freeze, and his rainbow power. What does his rainbow do? It just like fries stuff. It works. It works like any other like beam in these movies. Uh, but it's just like yeah. a rainbow that comes out of his bag. I love it. It's mm-hmm. so, it, I love how many memes it's made. Like there used to be so many Barragon memes, but like with like taste a rainbow, bitch. Like, <laughs> That's authentic. Yeah. But yeah, um, does anyone have anything else they want to say about the monsters, or should we move on to the scenes of the movie? Because I think this one finally has scenes, actually. <laughs> finally. Um. Yeah. Just I I think Bar- Barugon's pretty interesting. If he's never come back, like you said, I believe you. I would like to <laughs> come back. I guess <laughs> I know you're lying to me. <laughs> um, if, if I think it'd be cool to come back, I love mm-hmm. when they bring back old monsters. So they would do. I'd like to see him again. Yeah, 
Tun, do you have anything else you want to say about the monsters, or are you good? Uh, once again, another solid job. I think the monsters are probably the strongest part about these movies. Yeah, same. I find enough. It's it's I think it's rare, even in general, to find the monsters the issue for movies like these. Yeah, definitely. Besides for Giant Claw, poor Giant Claw. <laughs> poor but even that, that was design wise, not like idea. But anyways. Mm-hmm. All right, I feel like this movie has two big themes. I'll start with the smaller one. One of them is pretty. This one you see a lot in like crime movies in general, but especially Japanese crime movies, is to not be greedy. Mm-hmm. Because like this whole started because of everyone's greed to get the money of of the opal, without thinking about the, the cost of it. I mean, even yeah. if I would own a Derek killing people for money, I'm him. Even willing to let Borugan terrorize the Earth more just to get a diamond. Yeah, which yeah. is hilarious. I mean, I, I'd say it's a strong theme they have here that is prevalent throughout the movie. They plan it well enough, so mm-hmm. I think it's done well here. It's not like an afterthought, no, like a uh, moral, like of of the day kind of thing, yeah. like we've seen before in some show of films. <laughs> so, um, I, I I mean, yeah, simple, but I think they do it well here. Done. Yeah, it's always kind of interesting to me how these 1960s um, Japanese films in an era when Japan was really becoming kind of the business capital of Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just cool how much um, greed and like fears about greed and being overly consumptive was really common in um, these films, especially the genre films. Like, I don't need to watch more Japanese films to see what kind of like the more drama type stuff would be saying about it but uh-huh. it really kind of reflects kind of the changing times i feel yeah and i think it kind of reflects because you even see that over in show godzilla with stuff like king kong versus godzilla and matra versus godzilla like having those similar scenes of don't be greedy with, with your capitalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a sense though here's less capitalism or it's just stop stealing shit which i think goes into it because i think Oddly enough, for as racist elements of this film are, I think there's an interesting scene of how natives are taken advantage of and how their stuff's stolen from them. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's kind of like at odds with its portrayal of them. Yeah, but it's definitely like a theme that's. I, I think it's prevalent there, mainly through yeah. um, Karen. Yeah, in the neck for it, generally. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting one. I don't think it's played as hard, but it is. Yeah, there. Like I don't think it's as prevalent as say Mantra versus Godzilla, but I think it's there, especially because of like you said, like Karen. I think Karen really embodies that. Yeah, for sure. Especially because the main character's like, "Fuck Japan, I'm going back to to Papua New Guinea, <laughs> and I'm staying there." I'm hippie, yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll go with you too. Going back <laughs> home, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> Because he's like, I'm taking you home, and I'm not, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> I'm just gonna live with you guys now. Which is just really funny to me to imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Holy acclimate. But yeah, Ton, do you have any thoughts on that? Message? Yeah, definitely. There's kind of a interesting element in kind of exploring exploitation of natives. Because I, I guess, kind of a big thing to consider is the fact that this movie actually references World War Two. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we 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 didn't even mention that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh yeah, explicit like World War Two mention. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. oh, go ahead, Ton. Like war twenty years ago. No, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say because it's kind of rare to see Japanese movies of this time mention the places they occupied. Yeah, so that, was, that showed kind of a big shift and kind of the more seriousness of this movie's themes, like. Definitely the war, like, it's not like the war wasn't ever mentioned at all in any of these movies, but it's yeah. definitely the most direct. You'll kind of see it and just kind of, um... Yeah, because they just, like, are flat out like, oh, yeah, back when I was in, in New Guinea in the war, I buried this opal for later. Mm-hmm. And even stuff like them pretending that they're, like, like um, on there pretending that he was there to bring back um, uh, his, his friend's bones and stuff. Yeah, so... It's 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 an interesting exploration of kind of how Mm -hmm. societies kind of 
get exploited, but I also feel like also get kind of idealized. Yeah. I, you know, it's a lot with movies that kind of explore like indigenous cultures and stuff. They kind of get put on a pedestal almost like James mm-hmm. Cameron's Avatar. Yeah. Uh, there's other ones. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come to me. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of how they're exploited and attacked and then how they're kind of more better than our decadent yeah. society. Yeah, because he pretty much flat out says that at, at one point on the Harada. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, back on your island, there's nobody killing people for money. Mm-hmm. I saw something along those lines. And I think it's kind of interesting. But at the same point, it does kind of lean into that noble savage kind of idea mm-hmm. of, of them that I mentioned. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of... Just not... Not to say that, like, Native cultures aren't necessarily good to live in or anything, mm-hmm. just that there's this there's kind of a romantic fantasy people have of them, which is... Well, I mean, it's kind of funny, because we're talking about a Japanese movie here, and I think in terms of cultures, the best comparison now is how much Japan is, is idolized like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, man, I wish I was Japanese. Well, like, as we saw, this is gonna fucking date this episode with the fucking um a girl who pretended she was Japanese. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like something that's gone away. It's just shifted into a place different Japan. Yeah. <laughs> the place Japan meme exactly. It's that kind of thing because I feel like at this time and for a while, there was this kind of Glamour, glamorization that bordered on like fetishization of native cultures and like the simple life. Yeah, I think because yeah. as as technology became more and more of a thing, and like like I feel like the big culture shift was after World War II, and I think people were kind of struggling with that, and I think that's why you see this like native worship because you even kind of see a little bit. Of the fact that veterans of the war were left behind because I'm a Harada's brother is a World War II veteran, like we were saying, and he's he has a war injury, what makes him have to limp, and like he's obviously not doing great money wise if he's looking yeah. to go back and steal the opal. So there's kind of a message of the of the World War II veterans being left behind in a sense, definitely in, in yeah. Japan. But yeah. Anyone have anything else they want to add on the themes or no? I don't really have much else to add to it. Okay. Ton? Yeah, I think we covered the ba- biggest ones. Yeah. Those are the only two which I spotted. There might be more, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Um, uh, what else is there to Gamma versus Barugan? Oh, there was one thing I did forget the Metro Barugan. He is not Barugan, which is very funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I I don't get how they made the name so similar only a year after that my <laughs> Frankenstein versus Baragon came out. It's very odd to me. Do you it's think it's a... production? I mean, what is Baragon's name based after? Um, uh, I forget what Baragon's name is based after. A, a lot of these monsters we've noticed are it's kind of funny. They're like just in Japan, they're just like the Japanese, just like the literal name for that. Okay, like, okay. Uh, oh, oh. I, I I looked real quick. Um, a Baragon's name came from the Aboriginal word for crocodile ancestor and dragon, Baru and Gon. So I imagine they might have just had that same kind of inspiration because some of the names, uh, they sound cool, I guess, in like exotic in English, but like mm. in Japanese, they're just the literal like name for that. Like we talked about the like Enki, yeah, just like Ankylosaurus in Japanese, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which which is like Rodan in Japan is like Radon, which is like. Japanese yeah, for like Pteranodon. Yeah, because Pteranodon in Japanese is, is, is just Pterodon or something like that. And yeah, they just, so they just took the last five layers. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So like, it, it's kind of like not the most creative. So maybe they both just had that same inspiration. It was just a coincidence. Well, 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 well it's like Gamera. Gamera's name is basically that is turtle. Yeah, that's like just a turtle with, with, with a letter switched out. Yeah, that's the funny thing about it. So maybe, well, maybe they yeah. just had that inspiration. But, yeah, knows. well, at least Barugan kind of had a cool name and phrase from what I'm reading. I'm really curious what Barugan's name came from. I'm going to have to cover that in our Halloween special. Tune, tune in for that. A little sneak peek there. But anyways, so yeah, I find that really funny. Especially because in, in the dub of this movie, 
They flower Colin Berrigan at points. <laughs> they mistake me. People are like, is this, this is from the same uh, Godzilla series? Berrigan? <laughs> Frankenstein monster? Is he oh my god. It's, it, it's hilarious to me. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> the, um, uh, the Mr. Night Series 3000 episode for this um, uh, movie is really funny, too. <laughs> Though, of course, they do it on the I've film. heard about them. Yeah. They do, like... It, that's a big part of, like, the Western history for Gamera, right? Yeah, I mean... Is there anything else about Gamera versus Barrowgun we want to cover? Or are we good? Because if not, I'll, I'll, I, I will get into a tangent about the Western history of Gamera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like I said, not much... I don't think there's much more to talk about. Yeah, I think yeah. we did cover the whole movie. Oh, there is one thing I did I did want to give them props for. Um mm-hmm. uh, the score by um uh, let me see, who did the score? Oh good never okay, I found it. Um uh, by by Juji Kenishida is so much better than, than the score last time because it actually is pretty like memorable. Like it seems like out of my head. Oh definitely, definitely. I really love the soundtrack here. Also because of bigger budget, the special effects look good, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing like last time with Gamera next to the boat, and he looks nowhere near <laughs> as big as he should be. Yeah. <laughs> those were the only two things I wanted to shout out. If you guys want to talk about those at all before I get into my tangent, I'll give you an opportunity. Um, Not much else, I guess. At least, I don't think so. Alright, and then we'll do our wrap-up later. I'm a ton. Did you have anything you wanted to say, or are you good? Uh, I'm good. All right, time for tangent time because I'm going <laughs> to get into the weird history of Gamera overseas. So basically, initially, the first time to bring Gamera overseas was Gamera the Invincible, where they spelled Gamera's name with two M's for some reason, and they tried to do it like how they did it with with um, like 54, where they edited Raven Burr and stuff, where they like they edited in American actors. But that movie was a big flop, so they were like, fuck this, we're not doing any more of these. Damn, like a Godzilla King of the Monster style? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, pretty much no one really cared about Gamera because of that. So the, all the show of films got bought up by AIP, American International Pictures, for TV release. And it was on TV that they got a lot of attention for the really funny dubs that were done by Alma Sandy Frank. <laughs> and those dubs are what Mission Tier 3000 used. And they're infamously bad. Like, they're hilarious. Like comically just, like, yeah. stupid. Yeah. Like, lots of really weird dubbing choices and stuff. So that's why Gamera got an even worse reputation than Godzilla in, in the West. Which I don't think is entirely gone, if that makes sense. For Gamera? Yeah, even with the... Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, even with the Heisei trilogy, I feel like to a lot of people, Gamera's still a Godzilla ripoff, if that makes sense. I'm not sure a ton if you disagree. I feel like if anything, oh. probably... Sorry, you can continue, Tom. I'll say after you. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I kind of feel like... He's like It's not outright a ripoff. He's just kind of considered like Godzilla's little brother. If not, mm-hmm. like... Just if not, like people just see Gamera and think he's one of Godzilla's monsters from the show. Oh, yeah, there. oh, yeah, because that is something too. Because, like, the concept arc and the monsters with Gamera in it, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna but say, yeah, um, go ahead, Crash. I feel if anything, a big part is just the fact that Gamera has not really had any releases to get into the modern cultural, yeah, that archetype. too, I think, doesn't help either. And I mean, I, I. Because to be honest, like I said, I'd never really heard of Gamera much before this, mm-hmm. honestly. And I feel that might just be a part of it. He just has not gotten as many releases. Yeah, and He has a really good trilogy, I've heard, but it's like, that's that's it, I suppose. Yeah, and, and we'll, see, then we'll see how the Blondie one is, because people love that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just have never seen it, so I can't say if it's good or not, and neither has <laughs> a ton. <laughs> But but I do agree with Jason as part of it because I feel like Godzilla's reputation was improved so much by Godzilla 2014. Yeah, just like more serious, less comical, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I feel like after 2014, people started considering Godzilla like badass rather than like 
Like I feel like for Comical. before that, yeah, it was very like, oh, Godzilla's so stupid, Godzilla's so silly. And while I don't think Gamera has it quite that bad in every circle, I do think a lot of people like Tunset either think he's a Godzilla monster by mistake, or think of him as like the lesser Godzilla. Yeah. Which isn't exactly right, but what can you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you know, yeah. I'll I'll leave this up to you, Faye. Is it too early to talk about the concept trailer that floated around? Um, did I send that to you, Crash? Yeah, you did. I saw that before. It's pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It came with that. So, so go ahead, Tone. Yeah, because I was just thinking about uh, Gamers. Right, I do remember that trailer floating around for a while among kaiju circles, and people were really anticipating it. Yeah, that is such a weird story. I'm not sure if I want to. Uh, I'm so yeah. I'm we so torn. Say... I'm so torn on if I want to tell that now because I, I feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, gonna say talking about, about that for now, telling just because like I think Crash kind of was is getting what I was. The point is, I think that's tied so much into the Heisei and Millennium stuff. Yeah, and, like so... that we'll whole story. That. I'll, I'll save that. I'll talk mm. about that when we do the Millennium film because that is a wild story. <laughs> what happened with that? <laughs> But yeah, but anyways, in terms of the stuff we can talk about now, Crash, I'm going to show you the poster for our next movie. And the oh tra- boy. And not the trailer, the name of the next Gamma movie we'll be covering next week. Gamma versus Gauss. <laughs> I was trying to stop myself from saying that, Rodan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do look similar, but Gauss is a reptile bat. Yeah, I was going to say, he's got more like web wings and his... Spikes, yeah. his head spikes are more sharp. Interesting. Gauss, how do you say it? Gauss, yeah, yeah, you got Gauss. It. Gauss. And this and this crash is Gamera's arch enemy. Really? Yeah. His this is who's enemy? this is who's considered like Gamera's King Adora. There's so many jokes. I don't know. Make, <laughs> but they're, they're all spoilers. <laughs> I didn't know what I expected from Gauss. Or from from Gamera's yeah. arch enemy. Mm-hmm. But it probably wasn't this. So, <laughs> well, a big reason why it says because the next movie was the most successful gamma movie ever. So, like, fuck it. People like Gauss make more Gauss movies. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much, in a sense. I'm excited for the next time. Me too. Because this is the show era's potential last shot to get a good one in. Because <laughs> oh, I realized man. something the longest stretch of, of where you didn't like the movies crashed was the Minion trilogy, in a way. And oh, that boy. was and that was three movies long. Um, we might be going on a longer stretch than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, are you telling me Gamera's just going to be suffering for me, Mulder? Until Heisei, potentially. <laughs> Until oh, man. I can't wait. <laughs> I hope Crash is like, oh, I warned you, Crash. I was like, the show era is going to be difficult. <laughs> Hopefully we can these. find some gems or riff material, at least. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm hoping that we'll get a King Kong lives out of this. Yeah, definitely. I, I would love something like that. Guess we'll just have to see. But interesting. Hopefully, I like it. Yeah, because I don't know. It's not that. I'll I'll, I'll save it. I'll see how you feel about these. <laughs> I'm just saying, looking at how these past two went. You're not confident. I'm not confident. Next one, I think, is is one I like. I think it's good. So that's the last one I'm expecting anything from, possibly. But but we'll we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Anyways, oh, I'm a crash. Do you want to give your closing thoughts on Gamma versus Barugan? Um, it's definitely one I appreciate a lot. They went for a more serious tone, and I commend them for that. Mm-hmm. I think overall, though, it was still just kind of boring to me for the most part interesting stuff here but mm-hmm. again it's like i don't know i feel like there's more interesting kaiju movies to get into if you want to see one than this. yeah and so unless you're like another big gamma historian or you're like trying to learn more about the history i don't know if i'd recommend this casually uh-huh yeah that's yeah. fair ton yeah i kind of agree with crash's assessment um Gamma versus Baragon is definitely a Barugon, sorry. It's a, it's a good step up from Gamma the Giant Monster. I think it was a good, good experiment to try and 
um, change up the franchise, but obviously that didn't really work out. Um, yeah. I recommend it. Not really, unless you're into show movies. So mm-hmm. check it out if you're into that. If not, um, watch Ace of Gamera. I feel like I'm going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, before, before I do, do, my, do my closing thoughts, I want to say I have to imagine how funny it is like that kids wanted to be affecting like getting the giant monster and got this thing. Oh man. <laughs> With all its violence and darkness and super slow pacing and it being an hour and forty minutes. That's hilarious, yeah. Honestly, they're like I love the first camera and they get here. It's like a serious crime drama first. You're like, what what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and then Gamera's barely in it. That, that's the thing too. Then Gamera's just gone. They're like, that's why I came here. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, real quick, very close out. Okay. Well, I guess for me, I'm the only one who where this is probably like a debate, especially Crash. But um, uh, to continue our trend of saying what's Godzilla movie came out the same year as this. This year, Ibra, this Ibra, the mm. horror from the deep came out this year. Yeah, which one? Good. Which one would you prefer? I say Eb- as, as Crash as that. Ibra, <laughs> believe it or not, Ibra was a fun movie at the very least. Yeah, I love my love my boy Ebra, the crustacean, <laughs> the Koreanist crustacean. Ton. Yeah, I'd have to follow Crash Ebra. A lot more fun of the movie. Poor Barugan, nobody loves you. <laughs> I like you, Barugan. I just don't like your movie that much. See, the funny thing is, <laughs> I actually prefer Barugan highly. Of course, he would. Mm. <laughs> wow, mm. what's that implying? <laughs> Nothing, just more typical Ebra slander. But whatever. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> okay, Crash. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, for my closing thoughts on Gamera and Barugan, I'd say if you're invested in Gamera and want to see more of his history, I'd definitely recommend it. And if you really like the show of stuff, I'd also recommend it. I'd just say be ready for something that's more of a crime drama than a kaiju movie. And don't come into it expecting a lot of Gamera, I'll say. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. This was Gamma vs. Barugan. Next week, we'll be covering Gamma vs. Gauss from 1967. Very fun. And we will see if we can win over Ton and Crash on Showa Gamma or not. Mm-hmm. Because next time's probably its last shot. <laughs> Anyways, this has been the Gamma Roundtable. Thank you for listening. And have a good night.